Bitch, is that better? Is bitch better? Is bitch better? Is bitch better? Hey bitches, welcome back to another episode of Bitches Better. I'm your host, Raven, and I'm in the mood for some fuckery today. <laughs> and lucky for me, it's Dysfunctional Relationship Day. And y'all know I'm going to start in love after lockup land, so let's get right into it. Okay, so Sarah and Michael, my favorites, not. Um, so Sarah is talking to Michael about Malcolm and she's like, oh yeah, you know, I just, I love him. And so I had to show him all of me and that includes you. And if he isn't okay with it, then that's going to be an issue and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Michael does not care, Sarah. Like, what is this even about? So then she's like, I just want you to be a good dad, which is never going to happen. So keep dreaming. Um, And Michael is like, listen, I can't take no more shit. I'm stressed and I'm overwhelmed. And I'm like, what are you stressed and overwhelmed about? Seriously. And he said that things were just really bad with Maria. And that a couple of times um, the cops had to get involved. And I'm like, okay, am I supposed to feel bad for you? (laughs) Like, because I don't. Because if you would just sit your ass down somewhere and focus on taking care of your kids instead of getting your dick wet, you wouldn't be in this situation. So you get no sympathy for me. Um, but of course Sarah's eating the shit up. So she's like, oh no, he's scared because he might go back to jail and blah, blah, blah. And Michael's like, Maria is toxic and like all this. And like, listen, I don't know Maria. Um, so I can't say whether she is or isn't. She, she very well could be, but I know for a fact (laughs) that Michael is toxic because I have seen it. So I'm not trying to hear him like blame everything on Maria. Like I'm not here for that. And he's like, I can't go back to jail. You know how bad that would be knowing my kids are out here growing up and I'm missing it. And I'm like, bitch, are you joking? (laughs) You're literally missing it now. Like, so seeing them only twice a year and missing them growing up like the rest of the time is fine with you. But if you were in jail and not seeing all of that, then that's just too much. Get the fuck out of here, Michael. And dumbass Sarah is like crying and she's like, oh no, like I wish you would have told me sooner and blah, blah, blah. As if that explains why he missed court. Like, no, he missed court because having custody of his kids is not a priority for him. So instead of going to bed at a sensible time, he got drunk and he was fucking a bitch all night long. So he didn't wake up in time period. But keep on buying into his bullshit, Sarah. Like, you're in for a world of hurt. But you already know that. So then Sarah goes over to um, Michael's hotel room with the kids, and she's telling him that, you know, you don't have to stay in the hotel anymore, and you're like, welcome to come stay at my house. And obviously, he's into that for now, because he wants to get his dick wet and fuck with Sarah's head a little bit. You know, it's about that time. He's overdue for some mental terrorism. And of course, Sarah wants him to stay with her so she can pretend that she, you know, has this happy little family with him. And Malcolm is gone now, okay? So she can do whatever she wants. She is free. So Michael cannot even get through this conversation without being on some bullshit. He start y'all, I can't even, I can't even do this. He started saying that he was there for his daughters the whole time and I don't know how Sarah didn't like bust out laughing right in his face and then kick him in the dick once she was done laughing. Like you, you were there for your daughters? When? 
in your dreams? Because this is not real life, Michael. Are you, are you joking? And he's like, I was there for them when I got out of jail and when my daughter was born. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) that's two times. And actually you weren't there when either one of your daughters were born. So I don't know what you're talking about, but like, keep going, go ahead, keep going. Because I know that we can count the times that you've been there for your daughters on one hand. Okay. And he's like going on with his normal shit of trying to say that the only times he hasn't been there for his daughters was because of the issues that he and Sarah were having, like when they were fighting. And that's just ridiculous and untrue. Like that bitch stays begging him to see his kids and to spend time with them and talk to them. So in the middle of Michael telling his lies to Sarah, she was like, you know what? I'm going to stop you right there. And I was like, thank you, Sarah. And she was just like, you know what? You're a shit father. And that's it. And she like got up and left. And I just really want Sarah to remember these moments when she gets that dumb like fantasy in her head of them being a happy family and like Michael being a decent person and father, because it's just not going to happen, babe. Like, let it go. And by the way, like, they just did all of this yelling and shit in front of their daughters, like, literally right in front of them, because they're in a hotel room. And they're just both idiots, and I can't stand them. I just feel so bad for those sweet girls. Poor things. For these, They have these idiots for parents. So then we get a little bit of Lindsay. Um, and when we last saw her, you know, she was throwing all of Scott's shit outside, and her mom... <laughs> Her mom's like, Lindsay, you're just going to have to calm down because at the end of the day, Scott has the upper hand and Lindsay was like, I don't give a fuck about that because I have the violence. And I was like, well, Lindsay, no. Do you want to go back to prison? Do not get violent with this man. That is a horrible idea. And her mom said the same thing. She was like, absolutely not. You know what? You and Miley Grace need to move out of here and just come to my house. And Lindsay was like, no, your house is too small. And her mom was like, well, you can't stay here because you're talking about getting violent. I have a brand new air mattress, so bring your ass. But she's not going to move out. You know, she's just so unreasonable. Like, she wants to be able to bust God's head open and still stay in the house and do whatever she wants. And just like, it doesn't work like that, honey. (laughs) And unfortunately, her mom is right. Scott has the upper hand. And if she wants to stay there, she's going to have to play along with his reindeer games, unfortunately. And that was it for them. We haven't seen Scott yet. So I'm like, what? When are we going to get this interaction, please? Because I'm sick of just seeing Lindsay by herself. So on to Quaylon and Chevelle. Um, I've got something I need to get off my chest really quickly. Quaylon has got this grill in his mouth now, and I really hate it. So everything I said about him in the beginning and like possibly being attracted to him is gone because I hate grills. I think they are gross and unattractive and just a huge turnoff. There is like a very short list of people that could have a grill in and still get it. Um, Lance Gross, Michael B. Jordan, Common. Ovi Soko, uh, the Duke of Hastings, end of list. And now you also know some of my uh, top celebrity crushes. <laughs> anyway, Chevelle and Maila are at a park or something, and they are coloring directly onto uh, this picnic table that they are sitting at with their markers. Like no papers or anything, just drawing all over the table. And I'm like, why are they doing this? 
you brought the markers, but you couldn't be bothered to bring paper for this child to like color on. It's very weird. Um, so Chevelle continues on with this irresponsible Quaylon is your daddy narrative. And she's like, oh, Myla, do you miss your daddy? And she's like, yeah, I want him to come home and be with us. And I'm just like, I uh, <laughs> tell your daughter the truth, bitch. It's your responsibility. Like, this is absurd. He is not her dad. You have to stop this. So, of course, Quaylon is planning to crash Chevelle's trip to Branson so he can get his family back. And his sister is like, hey, um, you're stupid and this is a bad idea, but I'll still be here for you when it all blows up in your face. Like, good luck and Godspeed. And Quaylon, <laughs> Quaylon's like, Chevelle can't stop me from having a relationship with Myla, you know, because he wants to be the father he never had. And, you know, that's sweet and everything. And his interactions with her are very sweet because he clearly cares about her. But Chevelle can absolutely stop you from having a relationship with Myla because she's not your fucking daughter. Like, remember, has everyone forgotten this? Like, I just can't. Um, so Chevelle gets on the road to Branson with Myla and her cousin Demark, And she's telling Demark about her date with that guy that she went on a date with. And y'all, the bar is so fucking low. How low is it? It's so low that a guy pulling her chair out for her made her remember her worth. Like, that's all it took. The bar is literally in hell. Like, I can't. <laughs> this is so sad. So that's all we see from them. Um, oh, my God. Then we have Andre and Lamar. Woo! Okay. <laughs> so... As soon as Lamar walks in the door, it's round two of this fight. And the kids are like, oh, great. Here they go again with this dumb fighting. You know, if they would just calm down and talk to each other like normal people, most of these fights could be avoided. But no, Andrea is unhinged. So I don't think a calm conversation is even possible with her, to be honest. So Andrea's like, you know what? I don't know why you thought it was okay for you to tell Priscilla to keep a secret from me. And I agree. It was bad for two reasons. So the first reason is you really shouldn't be telling her to keep a secret from her mom or lie. It's just not cool, you know, unless it's like, oh, like I have a surprise for your mom. Don't say anything to her like type of thing. Then no, don't do that. Number two, kids can't keep secrets. Okay. They're always running their mouths. So even if, <laughs> even if Priscilla wanted to keep a secret, which she did, um, She's going to spill the tea by accident because she's a fucking child and that's what they do. However, Andrea is suggesting that Lamar just come right out and tell her like what he's going to do as if she wouldn't fly off the handle. If he just came up to her and he was like, hey, I'm taking Priscilla to meet Shantae. Like, girl, please be serious. You were not going to be okay with that. You don't even want Lamar spending time with his own daughter, which makes zero sense. So like, please, come on. So Lamar is pissed and he's not trying to hear Andrea's mouth about this at all. He literally, he literally said that. And Andrea was like, okay, cool. Sleep on the couch then. Bye. So then Lamar goes outside and he's doing one of his interviews and Andrea comes out there and she's like, oh, so you really just gonna stand out here talking shit about me? You are always talking shit about me, always being negative. And I'm like, girl, he was not talking shit about you. He was literally just expressing his feelings and, you know, saying what just happened with the whole situation. He certainly could have been talking shit about you, but he really wasn't. So go back in the house and simmer down. 
And guess what? Tennyson and Nyla come outside and tell her to do exactly that. And what does she do? The antithesis of that. You know, she just starts taking down the family photos and she's like, we are not a loving family. (laughs) This is bullshit. (laughs) She's like, who does this? She went inside the house and started like pulling the pictures off of the wall. And so then she tells the kids not to open the door for him and let him back in the house. Like, bitch. (laughs) Go to sleep. Go to sleep. (laughs) You have to let him back in the house. It's his house too. Come on. So that's it from them. Uh, Then we move on to Brittany and Marcelino. And we see Marcelino for the first time in a long time. I almost forgot what he looked like. It's good to see you again, Mars. So he's at the laundromat with his mom and he's filling her in on the drama that Brittany's going on with her mom. And... (sighs) He, this isn't important, but you know me. I have to say it. So he's wearing a mask and his nose is hanging out. And that has got to be one of my biggest pet peeves, like, throughout this whole pandemic. Like, cover your fucking nose up. You you have to cover your nose and your mouth. It's simple. And, like, doesn't that feel weird? You just have your mouth covered and your nose is out? Like, ugh, whatever. So he says that he just really doesn't have time for the bullshit with Britney's mom because he's had his own experiences with addiction, like in his family and affecting his family in the past. And he said that one of his cousins even like stabbed another one of his cousins and he had one of his uncles shoot another uncle. So he is not here for this shit. And he is not about to let Britney's mom affect him or his kids or his family. Meanwhile, uh, Brittany thinks that she's just like pushed her mom over the edge with the therapy session that they just had because she's not answering her calls or her texts. And, you know, so obviously she's very worried about her and now she wants to go looking for her. And Marcelino really does not want her to do this. Um, and but he's not going to let her go by herself because wherever they're going to look for her is like not a good area. So he's like, fine, let's go. So they get to the motel that her mom's been staying at and Marcelino knocks on the door and gets no answer. Then he goes to the front desk and he tells the woman there that, you know, he's worried and like, can we do a wellness check? And the woman is like, no, I can't do it without her permission. So Marcelino is not taking no for an answer. Okay. He's like, oh, like nice nails you've got there. They look really nice. I'm going to slide you a 20 (laughs) and you can get some even nicer ones. And then, you know, you just like give me the key for like 10 minutes. And she was like, deal. She hands over the key. And I'm like, oh, my God, lady. No, you can't do this. There's so many. These people are doing so many things at these like establishments that they just is not allowed that I cannot handle it. So anyway, Marcelino and Brittany and the dog head into the room. And that's where it ends for them. And I'm just like, why did they bring the dog? Is it for protection? Like, I have questions. But uh, we'll see what happens next week. Hopefully her mom is okay. Then we have uh, my least favorites that I don't give a shit about, uh, Puppy and Amber. So it's basically just Puppy and Puppy's mom um, asking Amber, like, what's up with them? And Amber's just, like, blowing them off. Like, they're literally having breakfast and Puppy's mom's like, so what's up with y'all? Like, are y'all together? Like, what's going on? And Amber just, like, ran away from the breakfast table. (laughs) She was like, I gotta go to work. And I was like, ooh, it's not looking good for you, Puppy. And Puppy's like, yeah, I mean, I want to have sex with Amber, but I don't think she wants to have sex with me. So 
Just as I suspected, Amber isn't as into it as Puppy is. Then Amber is doing a confessional and she gets a phone call from a mystery man in prison that's clearly in some sort of relationship with her. And they're like in love. They're telling each other that they love each other. So I'm like, okay, plot twist. I see you. We'll see what happens there. She just got a little bit more interesting. (laughs) Only a little bit, though. Um, And that's it for Love After Lockup. So let's get into 90 Day Fiance. All right, I'm going to start with uh, Mike and Natalie. So Natalie is making breakfast, and I know it's going to be some bullshit and not anything that Mike actually wants to eat. And I was right. So I spotted some fruit, avocado, croissants, and hummus. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Can a bitch get some bacon and eggs? Or, or even just like some avocado toast with the fruit since she has him on this like no meat diet. It was just like a very strange mix of food that she had going on there. So <laughs> while they're eating, uh, Mike passes on the croissants. He was like, no, I don't want that. And she was like, oh, good, good boy. I'm proud of you. You need to lose some weight anyways. And I need to put some weight on. And I'm just like, you are so fucking rude. Keep comments like that to yourself. Also, both of them look just fine, so I don't know what her issue is. And she has some makeup under her eye during the whole scene, and it was very distracting. I just wanted to, like, wipe it away the whole time. So Natalie says that she hasn't unpacked yet, and she hasn't done it because she was feeling like she might leave at any moment, and if she had to leave, it would be easier for her to do so if her stuff was still all packed up because she doesn't want to leave anything behind, obviously. So basically, she's had one foot out the door this whole time, which is very telling about the state of their relationship. Um, But she's going to unpack now because she feels like she's camping, and she doesn't like that. And who just lives out of a suitcase, like, when they don't have to? It's really annoying. So, like, unpack your stuff, girl. So then um, she's like, hey, Mike, can you please get me a dresser for my clothes? And he's like, well, I'll clear some drawers out for you and make some space for you in the closet. And she's like, no, I don't hang my clothes. I just need the dresser. I just want to fold my stuff up and whatever. And she also doesn't want to hang anything in his closet because she says it smells. (laughs) And it might, it might, but you know, you live there now. So you have to like do something about it. So anyway, he clears out some drawers in the dresser for her. And she's like, oh, my God, this is dirty, too. I have to clean it before I can put my stuff in there. And he is, like, beyond annoyed with her at this point. (laughs) Like, and listen, should he have made space for her, like, before she arrived? Absolutely, yes. I think anyone that is happy about their partner coming to move in with them would have done that and been excited to, like, get the place ready for their significant other. But as I've said before, Mike hates Natalie. Like, he he is visibly annoyed with her, like, 90% of the time. So I think he was just like, you know, whatever, I'll make the space when she gets here and I'll just deal with it then. So um, later on, Natalie is talking to her mom and she's telling her that everything is fine with her and Mike because she doesn't want her mom to worry. Um, But then her mom asks about the fucking ring and I'm like, oh my God, here we go. Y'all know how I feel about this ring. So she was just like, no, I don't have it back yet, but it's probably just because he's planning like a romantic surprise for how he's going to give it back to me. And I was like, LOL, (laughs) keep dreaming, girl. 
You are not getting that ring back. And if you do get it back, he's probably just going to hand it to you and be like, here, shut up about this, please. Here, here, have your ring back. So, um, then her mom starts asking about the wedding and stuff because she wants to be able to come for the wedding. And, you know, she has to apply for a visa and all of that in, in order to come to the States. And Natalie is just like making all of these excuses about why she's not planning the wedding yet. And I'm like, girl, you just need to tell your mom the truth. Like, I guarantee a weight will be lifted off of your shoulders if you do so. Because if you keep lying, it's just going to keep stressing you out because she's not going to stop asking you until you give her a date. So both of you will be less stressed if you just come out with the truth. The truth will set you free. I promise. So that was it for them. Um, Then we have Yara and Jovi. And Jovi is about to leave for work. And you know, they're still in a weird place because of the dinner uh, the night before and the conversation that they had about Jovi being a shit person and leaving her in another country alone to have a surgery after she had her miscarriage. And Yara's like, yeah, I just don't like Jovi's work schedule. And he was like, oh, you said you liked it before. Jovi, don't be stupid. I know that's a big ask, but please... The situation is completely different than before when y'all were just like doing all of that traveling together. Now she's being left alone in a country she's never been to and she knows no one here. You fucking blockhead. Do you see the difference? Okay. So now Jovi's gone and I'm like, thank God. You know, the upside of Jovi being gone to work is that we, the viewers, uh, won't have to see his dumb face for a while. Like, it's the little things, you know? (laughs) But Yara's sad, and she's lonely, and I feel bad for her, but at least her English is good, you know? So she can communicate with people, and she can, like, get around on her own. Um, And also, she can take this time to make the apartment look exactly how she wants it to look. Even if she can't, like, buy all the stuff that she wants to, she can certainly, like, move things around and have, like, a little feng shui moment. Um, so then Yara tells us that she, uh, (laughs) she went walking around and someone threw up on her shoes, which is so disgusting. I, ew, she's never going to think that New Orleans isn't a nasty village now. Like she's like, why are these people getting so drunk so early in the day? Like, I don't get it. And she's genuinely confused because she has no idea that people come there (laughs) specifically to do that. (laughs) Poor thing. Um, and so Jovi's friend Sarah invites Yara to go out and get Manny Petties, which is nice, um, you know, so she can get out of the house for a little bit. And Yara was like, yeah, if I'm going to live here, I'm going to need some friends. Even if Sarah isn't going to be my best friend, we can hang out from time to time. And I'm like, yeah. And when you're out with her, hopefully you can meet some other people and, you know, be friends with them. Then Sarah starts asking Yara all these questions and she's like, do y'all want to start a family soon? Like right after you get married? And I was like, oh no, not this conversation. You know, I was nervous that Yara was like going to get upset and, you know, have a breakdown or something. But she was just like, no, not until he like gets a different job that doesn't take him away from home for so long. And then she starts talking about how she wants to like hopefully open up a salon or something. And Sarah's like, hmm, I don't see that happening, but okay. You know, and then she does the typical 90 day fiance, like friend and family member thing of like, oh, I'm not sure if she's here for the right reasons and blah, blah, blah. Like she's on her bachelor shit. 
And then Sarah asks if she really thinks that they're, like, ready to get married. And Yara's like, I mean, I'm nervous, you know, because Jovi, you know, he's like a big dumb doofus and he's basically just a kid. And Sarah was like, girl, I know. (laughs) He just parties a lot and he's crazy. Like, you know, he's a regular at a strip club and he would be sleeping with the strippers. And Yara was like, um, actually, no, I didn't know that. (laughs) And the Jovi that you are describing right now is not the Jovi that I know. So like, this is a lot to process. (laughs) And I'm just like, what is Sarah trying to do by sharing all of this information about Jovi? Like, is she trying to sabotage the relationship because she thinks Jovi isn't ready for marriage? And this is like her roundabout way of like looking out for him? Or is she looking out for Yara? Like, what's happening? I'm confused. So that's it for them. Um, on to Andrew and Amira. Oh, okay. So Amira's in a detention center in Mexico City, and it's all Andrew's fault. It just is. There's no getting around it. Why is his ass in Puerto Vallarta on a resort, and she is locked up somewhere in Mexico City? I like. I can't get over this. When he found out that they took her to a detention center. He should have canceled his reservation at the resort and gotten a hotel by the airport in Mexico City, not traveled 10 hours away to Puerto Vallarta just to sit in this fucking resort. It's insane. Like, there's no way I would leave Mexico City and go that far away if my man was in a detention center in Mexico City. Like, there's just no way. And then this dumbass is saying that he knew that there were risks involved with this stupid travel plan he concocted for them, but he was optimistic. Like, he literally said he thought if she got rejected, they would just send her back to France. And I'm like, well, why would you think that, bitch? Like, what gave you that idea? You have no experience with this type of stuff, and you just came to that conclusion because that's what you wanted to happen? This shit ain't nothing to play with, and now you've got this poor woman in a detention center following you up with this mess. Like, fuck you, Andrew. (sighs) So then he calls his mom and his sister and they're like, oh, well, do you think she's going to be mad at you? Mad? (laughs) Mad is not even the word. We are far past mad, okay? I'd tell him to never speak to me again because the only reason she's in this position is because he pulled that like, if you love me, you'll go along with this stupid travel plan I came up with thing. And like, even though she was scared to travel during the height of Corona, like he's so selfish. Like I can't. And, and then his mom and sister are like, oh, so like, what about the visa? Fuck the visa. That is the least of her concerns right now, mom. Like, are you kidding me? And Andrew, he's just not doing enough for me. He's like, oh, I feel hopeless. Like, yeah, I bet you do. Cause you aren't doing anything. All he's doing is staring into the ocean, like looking sad. That is not going to get her out. I need you to be more proactive, bitch. Get your ass to Mexico City and get to work. Call the embassy. Do something. So he just like sits down at the table and he's like calling someone. He says he's researching, but I don't see a piece of paper or a pen to take notes. So you're not researching nothing. So he's telling the people on the phone, you know, what's going on. And he's like, can you give me any information? And it's almost as if they knew he had no paper and pen to write any information down that they may have given him. And they just, (laughs) and they just hung up on him. So now he's all frustrated, you know, because he can't speak Spanish. And I'm like, okay, 
well, I know there's a concierge or something at this resort. Go ask them to help you translate or something. Like you're, you're making no progress and like you're just not doing a good job. Ugh. Side note, um, he's giving me cult vibes. Anyone else getting that from him? Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, then he gets on the phone with Amira's dad and he's like, oh, hey, I like your shirt and your tie. Um, fuck you. Tell me what's going on with my daughter. I don't have time for the pleasantries right now. And Amir's dad is like, well, this is your fault. Like you pushed her to come here with you. And now this is what we're dealing with. I'm contacting the French embassy because clearly you aren't doing anything to help. And her dad, bless him. He's just like so worried and upset and he's crying. And I just feel so bad for him. Like I cannot even imagine like where his head is at right now. And poor Amira, I mean, she must be terrified. But Andrew, he's fine. He's on this beautiful resort, just super comfortable and fine. And I'm just so annoyed with him because all he is, all he's doing is waiting around for her to call him. Like, it's ridiculous. Ugh. So then we've got uh, Rebecca and Zied. And again, this apartment that she's got is so nice. It looks very expensive. Like, how is she affording this when before she was saying that they were going to have to stay with her daughter and her fiance because she like couldn't afford anything else. Like this shit's not adding up. Okay. So apparently Rebecca planned on going to pick up Zied from the airport alone, but her daughter and fiance have strong armed their way into this airport pickup now, similar to what Brandon's parents did when he was going to go pick up Julia. Um, but Rebecca is letting her daughter and, you know, boss her around. And I don't understand why. Like she tells her daughter, she's like, I want time alone with Sied. And her daughter is like, well, you have your whole lives to do that. Um, bitch, so do you go away. Also, Rebecca's makeup is still a mess. So obviously her daughter didn't fix it as she requested. Um, you know how Britney Spears always has like all that eyeliner, under her eyes and you just like want to wipe it away. That's how Rebecca looked. Like not as extreme as Britney's, but like same energy. So anyway, um, Rebecca, of course, didn't tell Zied that she was going to have some tagalongs with her to pick him up from the airport. And that is just so annoying. Like, do not surprise me with something like that. Just don't do it. Tell me what's going on. Thank you. So the daughter is nice, you know, whenever she greets Zied, but Micah is just standing off to the side like a fucking weirdo. Like he's just standing there staring. So, you know, once they're all there together, they don't, they're not even talking to him. They're just standing there and staring and being weird. And I'm like, why did y'all even come? (laughs) Like, why are you here? And then they're like, oh, we thought he would be more like excited and enthusiastic to be here. Um, he's tired. That man is tired. So no, he doesn't have a ton of energy. He also doesn't want to go have fucking drinks with y'all right now. Why do these people always do this shit? And it's like these people have traveled for hours and hours and they're like, let's go do stuff together. No, I don't want to have drinks. I don't, I don't want to go and have drinks after traveling for like six hours. Okay. This man has been flying for like 24 fucking hours, bitch. Let him take a shower and let him go to sleep. And Rebecca really should have stepped up here and been like, no, he's tired. We can have drinks another time. But she lets her daughter rule the situation again. And bitch ass Micah is like, well, he's just going to have to deal with it. 
Deal with what? Why are y'all trying to torture this man? I don't get it. So the car ride is super awkward and quiet and they get to the bar and the vibe is still weird. They're still staring at him and just asking annoying questions. And they're like, what are you going to do for work? Bitch, he just got here an hour ago. Can you give him a minute? Damn. But apparently uh, he got his HVAC certification before he came there. So that's something that he can absolutely do. But he's so tired and like doesn't feel like mentioning it because they're just going to keep asking him more questions. So he's like, I don't know yet. (laughs) And I don't blame him. I would absolutely do that. And Rebecca is just so stupid. You know, she's getting mad because her daughter and Micah are like, comparing uh, Ziad to her ex. And she's like, I just didn't think his first day would go like this. What? What did you think was going to happen? You should have let the man go home and go to sleep like he wanted. He said he wanted to go to sleep. They said no. And then he said, well, you know what? I'll do whatever you want to do. And that was your cue to say, we're going to go home and get some rest. Catch all on the flippity flip. But you didn't. So now here we are. And you're mad and he's tired look at y'all. So Ziad is just like, listen, you don't need to worry about Rebecca. Like she's good with me. And the daughter was like, well, she's my mom. So I'm going to worry anyway. And I was like, that's fair. I would too. But Micah is like, well, we're always going to have concerns. Fuck off, Micah. She's not your mom. She's not even your mother-in-law. Like if I was the daughter, I'd be like, um, I got this. Like you don't need to be here for the initial interrogation. Like you don't need to be here. And also, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what they think. Rebecca is going to do what she wants, regardless of what they think or feel. Like, she's done it already, and she's doing it again now. So y'all can question him all you want, but it's pointless. So then we have Tariq and Hazel. And one thing I've got to give Tariq is that he is a great dad. And, like, he is not fucking around. He's like, if Hazel and Ari don't get along, then Hazel's got to go. Like, he is playing no games. It's Ari's way or the highway. And that's how it should be. Um, So many of these crazies on this show, like, never put their kids first. They don't even think about them. So it's wild to see when someone actually does. Like, they're not all trash. And it's just like a breath of fresh air. So Ari comes home and she and Hazel hit it off right away. And it's really sweet. And Ari is so cute. I just want to squeeze her. And they're all so happy. And Tariq is like, phew, okay. I'm glad that went well. Um, So then later Tariq is having his friends come over so they can meet Hazel. And he he's ordered barbecue. And so he's got some cornbread there. And he's like telling her what it is. And he's like, cornbread. <laughs> And that's how Hazel said it. And it was, it was cute. But now he's going to have her walking around saying cone bread. (laughs) I can't. Um, So his friends get to the house. And I'm very confused because one of them looks old enough to be his mother. But that's not important. Um, Anyways, one of the friends gives Hazel a scarf as a gift. And that was really nice of her. She didn't have to bring her a gift. Like how sweet. And Hazel is really touched by it, too. And she's just like, I've never gotten a gift from a friend, you know, because they just don't have money like that. Um, And then Hazel was like, "Okay, so what's the tea? Like, tell me about Tariq. Did he used to be crazy? Like, what's going on? And they were like, yeah, you know, we used to all party together like all the time. And we lived in the same apartment complex. And my room was below Tariq's room. But that's all I'm gonna say about that. So it's like, 
okay? He had a lot of sex and you could hear it. Like, good for you, Tariq, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. So then her son comes up and the friend is like, well, is it hard being away from your son? <sighs> Bitch, obviously it is. What what a stupid question. So then she gets upset, obviously. And in her confessional, Hazel talks about... um her son living with his father and stepmom. And that's how it was, like, even when she was still there. So she would see him, like, once a week. And I'm like, okay, if that's the case, like, is the dad really going to let the son come to America, you know, if he was, like, with him full time like that? I don't know. We'll see. So uh, Tariq still hasn't told Hazel that he's in contact with their ex, Minty. Shocker. Um, But he says he hasn't told her yet because he doesn't think she'll be able to handle it while she's still trying to adjust. And I'm just like, (laughs) whatever you need to tell yourself, Tariq, like that's a lie, but we'll go, we'll go with it for now. Um, And I just think that if he will get Hazel a girlfriend there, like she wants, she'll adjust just fine. (laughs) Like that's all she wants anyways. So get her a girlfriend and she won't care about the minty thing as much. Like I promise, like give it a try. And lastly, we've got Stephanie and Ryan. So Stephanie can't go to Belize in a few weeks like she was expecting to because they have extended uh, the border closing. So now she's not sure when she's going to be able to go and she's freaking out because she hasn't seen him in nine months. And she thinks the more time that they have apart, you know, the worse things are going to get. So she's trying to call him and tell him about the border closing and he's not answering the phone. So now she's mad. (laughs) She's like leaving him all of these messages like an angry mother. And I'm just like, um, why don't you just call his mom like you were doing before? Like she'll answer. And I know his mom is like, listen, you better pick up that fucking phone when that lady calls you. You're not about to fuck up this gravy train we got going, Ryan. I will not allow it. (laughs) So... Um, Stephanie, she's like, I'm not calling him all day long. Like she says after she's been calling him for like eight hours straight. But she's like, my cat is sick and I am not in the mood for Ryan's games today. So she, she says, you know, she just really wants to talk to him because she wants to share in his grief and see if he is as upset as she is. And I'm like, I can answer that for you, Stephanie. He's not. (laughs) Like, honestly, this is probably the ideal situation for him. He's like, you know what? She's not here uh, because she can't be, but she's still supporting me and my family and I'm getting to do whatever the fuck I want to. It's perfect. So then Ryan finally answers the phone and she's like, um, where have you been? And he's like, I, 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 shit, Ryan, answer the question. Alexa, play Stutter by Joe. Like, I can tell you're lying, because when you're replying, you stutter, 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 stutter. Remember that song? (laughs) I'm sorry for singing again. I feel like I told y'all I wasn't going to do it, but I lied. I apologize. Um, (laughs) So anyway, um, basically, Ryan's like, well, I've been working my ass off all day, and I'm tired, and so I didn't want to talk to you. (laughs) Period. And like, he's got a real attitude on him. And it needs to be adjusted because like, what the fuck? Who are you talking to like this? So he's like, every time I talk to you, you're bitching at me. 
And she just glossed right over that. And she was like, whatever, the borders are still closed, so I can't come again. And he does not care. (laughs) So she gets even more upset. And he's just like going on and on about like, all I care about is working hard and making my money. And I was just like, oh my God, Stephanie is better than me. Because the way my attitude and my mouth are set up, I would have been like, oh, (laughs) You mean the job that I got you and the money that I pay you? Because the job is fake. You only have it because of me, because it's something that I set up. So there's that. Because he's just being like a real asshole for no reason that like I can understand. So he's like, you know, you have these trust issues and blah, blah, blah. And you know, you better drop it because it is what it is. Like, I'm not changing anything that I'm doing. And I was just like, oh my God, who the fuck does he think he is? So then Stephanie, she says that she's ready to be done. And she put, like, I don't believe her for a second. And he's like, whatever. Like, I don't even care about coming to America anymore. I can stay my ass in Belize and be perfectly content. And then he calls her crazy, way past crazy, actually. And then he has, like, a gaslighting moment. And I'm like, ew, Ryan, I don't like him. Um, And she's like, okay, fine. I'll call the embassy tomorrow and cancel everything. And he's like... <laughs> And he calls her bluff. He's like, okay, go ahead and do it. And she was like, what? Why are we even engaged if it's like that? And he's like, actually, I don't know. Good question. And she was like, well, you know what? If we're going to end it, we need to end it in person. No, no, you don't, Steph. You can actually just end it over the phone right now. You're looking right at him. Like, don't do this bullshit. You're not over it and you don't want to be over it. So I don't know who you think you're fooling because it ain't me or Ryan. We both know you're not about to end shit. Please be serious. I mean, I wish you would end it, but I know you won't. So it's whatever. (laughs) And that's where it ended. Um, We didn't get any Brandon and Julia this week. So that upset me because, you know, they're my favorites. Um, It was still a good episode, though. And um, that's all I've got for y'all today. So if you would like to support the podcast, please go to patreon.com slash bitches better and get you some bonus content. Um, remember to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at mainly Bravo. And I'll be back on Friday to talk Bravo with y'all. Okay. Love you. Bye.